You are listening to a recording of a sermon delivered at St. Rose Community Church. To learn more about our church, please visit our website at www.sdrosecc.org. Good morning. Can everybody hear me? All right. Well, we're taking a break, as Brandon mentioned last week, from 1 Corinthians, and we're doing a special Advent a four-week study about heralding Christ this Christmas. And last week, uh, we were in Luke chapter 1, and we talked about the angel, Gabriel, visiting the Virgin Mary, and how he basically rocked Mary's world. I mean, totally rocked it. She would be carrying the rock of our salvation. He gave news that she she would birth Jesus, the Messiah, the rock of our our, our salvation. I mean, it was was amazing. And we're looking at different reactions to the birth of Christ. Um, We learn that Mary was betrothed to a man named Joseph, her bridegroom. And she just got news that she would be birthing our bridegroom, whom we would one day be with forever. After over about 400 years of silence, God chose to to break that silence with a miracle birth. Brandon kind of expounded on that last week, how God had been preparing mankind for miracle births. As we look in the Old Testament, over and over again, we see miracle birth after miracle miracle birth, so it shouldn't be a surprise. But this one was different. This, this birth announcement was different, right? It was a virgin. She would be, the baby Jesus would be born of a virgin, right? And as he said that to Mary in verse 37 of chapter 1, He says this, for nothing will be impossible with God. Because remember, Mary had a question, like, how is this going to happen? I kind of know how babies are made. I know how this is going to work. So the angel Gabriel comforted her, for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary believed God. Mary displayed an an amazing amount of, of faith, right? And we saw her reaction in verse 38. Verse 38 says this, And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be be to me according to your word. In those moments, Mary became the mother of the promise, the promised Messiah, the one everyone had been waiting on. And that's what we're going to talk about today because the story just continues. The story progresses. And we're going to take a look at Mary's response. And it's just a beautiful, beautiful thing. And there are so many truths that we can draw from this message that it would take 10 weeks to just go through every little aspect of every little verse. But let's go ahead and read it, and then and we'll pray together. In those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah, and she entered the house. I'm sorry, did I announce the verse? Uh, it's Luke 1, 39 through 56. Sorry. I'll start over. In those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah, and she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit, and she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women. And blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. And here's Mary's response. And Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord. And my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. 
For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him. From generation to generation, he has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. And Mary remained with her about three months and returned home. I know that was a lot, but let's go ahead and just pray. Lord, we come to you and we are just in awe, honestly, of what you've done, this miracle, this baby Jesus. We're just thankful for these words. We pray that you would allow us to see the truth, um, remove any, any of my opinions so that true things can just be understood. Father, we need you to un- help. We need help understanding these, these verses. So we're just asking, uh, will you just lift up our hearts, Father? I pray that you would ready us. I pray that open ears, open eyes, open hearts, Father. I pray that you would till the soil of our hearts so that we can hear you. We can feel you and experience your presence, Lord. And I just pray for the rest of this time. And as we discuss your mom's words, what an amazing account. And we're thankful for it. And we pray these things in your name, in Jesus' name. Amen. So there are many, many, many things that we can, like I said before, we can extract from this, this account. And if we look closely, there, there's something very extraordinary that happens in this, in this whole story. We see Mary's faithful response to the angel Gabriel's announcement last week. But if you noticed, like, I, this song wasn't inserted after the angel Gabriel said, you're going to give birth to the, to, the, to the Messiah. She didn't burst into song after that. But she goes to encounter, she goes to Elizabeth's house. And after the encounter with her, then she bursts into song. So it's like, what, why? Why did, why did it happen like that? What, what could have changed Right? Like, what changed her mind to, to burst in a song then when an angel had appeared to her? Wouldn't that make some of us burst into, into song then? But she waited. She, 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 it says she went with haste, right? That means she hurried. It was, an, it was an 80 to 100 mile trek for her, and it says it's the hill country. And if you look at it on a map, it wasn't flat. It was very, very treacherous. So she went with haste. She, was, she had to go see her, see Elizabeth. She had heard what the angel Gabriel had prophesied about her relative, that she was too, as well, born, was pregnant, right, with John the Baptist. So, so, so we see this encounter, right? And if, if you kind of take a step back, you can see how Mary just, these dots started to connect, Right? And, and, and just kind of go through it with me. These dots just, just start connecting with her. The very fact that when she walked in, Elizabeth was pregnant, that would have blown her mind, right? The fact that, I mean, she was six months pregnant. She was showing, you know? My, my wife's eight months. She's showing, you know? In a, in a beautiful way. <laughs> Not only the fact that she was pregnant, but the baby leaped in her womb. Not only that, Elizabeth was filled with the Spirit, it says. It says the, the Spirit filled Elizabeth. Unbelievable. And if that wasn't enough, she also declares Mary as the mother of her Lord. They didn't have a conversation. <laughs> she went in, Elizabeth did all the talking, right? This is what provokes Mary to pour out praise. And it's amazing to see. 
And if, you, if, we, if we look, just, just take a step back. There's another miracle that has, that has taken place. And it's the fact that God uses people to confirm what He's doing. He uses people. That's our, that's our first truth. God desires to use us. God desires to use So if, if you want to take some notes, God desires to use us. God used Elizabeth to confirm what the angel Gabriel told Mary. It was upon this confirmation that Mary sings her song. Could God have sent another angel and then she would have burst into song? Yes. Could God, could have, could, could God have audibly said, Mary, it's, it's, it's real, <laughs> like this is going to happen, and then burst into song? Yes. Did God even have to use Mary to send his son? No, he could have just done it. God could have done anything that he wanted, but he chose and he desired to involve man in his plans. That's, that's amazing. Look at, all the way, look at all the ways just in this story that God's using people. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. He's using Elizabeth and Zechariah. He's using Joseph and Mary. He eventually uses wise men and shepherds. Even the fact that we're, we're sitting here, we're holding the Scriptures, is, is a miracle that God, that God desires to use man, right? We're sitting here in this very room because God decided to use, use us. That's, that's just a, it blows your mind. God, God delights to work through man. He uses parents to raise children, right? Today's a big day, big baby dedication day. God uses parents to teach them His ways so that they too will walk like their parents walked in, in, in with the Lord. God uses, and, and, when, and when, we, when we do this dedication, these parents are going to publicly commit to, to train their children to love and to serve the Lord. And we as a church, this, this body, this, this family that we have here, is we're going to lock arms with them. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna walk through life together, and we're going we're gonna to help disciple these kids. And, and I, I couldn't help but, but take the time while I'm up here. This is a family, and we're, and we're doing this together. And, and I have to acknowledge a few people, and they don't know that I'm about to acknowledge them, and one of them is sitting on the front row, by chance. Um, Amanda Lamarck, um, she disciples my children, Greta and Camille. God is using Amanda to preach the gospel to my kids. I've never, I'm publicly thanking you and <laughs> like, you don't know what that means, like as a father, that you took time and, and you loved them to just go sit with them and read a book and go over the scriptures. I, words can't describe it. Thank you. Thank you for doing that. You're going to need a bigger vehicle because I got, I got like four girls, maybe another one. Valerie. Valerie in here? Valerie DeArmond. It's amazing. When she, she came up to me. I was in the foyer back there one, one afternoon, and I think after a business meeting, and she said, I, I want to disciple Camille. And I, <laughs> you don't have to ask. I mean, what, you, what you're doing to, with my family, I, I can't describe how I'm just so thankful to the Lord for you. You're a true sister. It's, a, it's amazing what you do for my family. And now you're pouring into Natalie. Thank you. God's using you to reach my family. 
There's one more. Jordan Curry. I see you back there, bud. Jordan, I don't know what y'all do on Saturday mornings, but Jordan comes to my house and disciples my son, Roman. Goes through books together. I mean, that's God's using you. He's using you. That's his plan. Not to mention Wednesday nights with the kids. All those volunteers. I don't have, there's not enough time to go through all the people. But what a blessing this church has been to my family. It is, it is a true blessing. And we get excited about it. We're excited. We're excited to do that, right, at St. Rose Community Church. Because we get to take part in God's work. God used Elizabeth to bless Mary. And, that, and that's not it. That's not all. It doesn't end there. Then he gives you the gifts to participate in his work. Look at, verse, look at verse 41. It says, And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. God gave her the gift of prophecy. She, she gave that to her. I mean, God gave that to her. Elizabeth didn't know the angel had visited Mary or that Mary would bear a child, but here she is confirming that Mary's pregnant. And on top of that, the baby in Mary's womb is her Lord. Verse 43, and why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? This is a miracle. The Lord used this gift to reach Mary. Jesus is the great gift giver. He is the vine dresser, and He equips you with the gifts, the fruits of the Spirit. If you're a Christian in this room, you've got a gift. You've got a spiritual gift. And it's not to be kept to you. It's to be shared with the church, with the bride, to be used. God uses you, and He equips you with the gifting to do His work. It, that's mind-blowing in, this, in the middle of this story. <laughs> I never looked at it like that. I never saw that. Not that Mary didn't have faith, because we can kind of think that. Like, no, she did. She expressed it in verse, 30, in verse 37. But it, it just strengthened it. This strengthened her to, to where she burst completely into song. I'm going to read it again, verse 46 through 56. And Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with His arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. And He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich He has sent away empty. He has helped His servant Israel in remembrance of His mercy. As He spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to His offspring forever, doesn't that just, just kind of hit differently now, like knowing that, knowing what she went through, knowing that confirmation had happened? It just sounds different now. It's as if a faucet of worship has, is, has sprung, and she is pouring out. She is worshiping. And Mary just couldn't help herself to respond. Mary is responding here in worship. What a response. And this leads us to truth number two. Truth number two is God made us to worship. God made us to worship. This entire section of Scripture is, a, 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 is Mary's response of worship to what the Lord has done in Mary's life. God called Mary and she responded and worshiped. And we, we were made to worship. When we look at the whole Bible story, we can see the Lord is making Himself known so that man will respond and worship Him because He's Creator. 
We're the created. We worship Him because He made us. He's the only one who deserves our worship. When God put Adam and Eve in the garden, He called them to respond in worship. He called Abraham to respond. He called Moses to respond through a burning bush. He called Noah to respond to the coming flood. He called Jonah to respond and go to Nineveh. He called the disciples to respond and follow Jesus. He said, come follow me. Today, God's calling His children through the life, death, and resurrection of His Son so that we'll respond and worship and follow Him. He has called us to respond by trusting and lifting high His name. See, see Mary modeled this for us because she lifted high the name of the Lord, of her God. And it starts with thinking highly of Him. Only God can cause us to do that. Only God can cause us to look to Him and lift Him high. Truth number three, worship is God-magnifying. As we look at Mary's song of praise, we're peeling back a curtain. We're peering through a window, and we're looking at Mary's heart. And what we find in Mary's heart is that she knows God, is that she exalts Him and holds Him high. God is in the center of Mary's life. Look how much Scripture pours out of her. If you have a study Bible, there's probably a few hundred verses <laughs> that, that are referenced. It's, it's amazing how much Scripture pours out of her. You can tell what's in her heart by the way that she worships, by the way that she pours out. Let's look at this song. Verse 46 through 47, it says, And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. This is a reiteration. This is a reiteration of Psalm 34, 2 through 3. It says, My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt His name together. If you, if you were, uh, attended one of our community groups uh, this past semester, we went through 1 Samuel, which this verse also is, is kind of an echo of that one as well, of 1 Samuel 2, 1 through 10. And if you remember the story, Hannah was barren, another miracle birth as God would prepare mankind for miracle births. And Hannah was barren, and she prayed out, she prayed and cried out and, and, and asked the Lord for, for, a, for a child. And, and, and the Lord heard her prayer. And, 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 and when she had uh, Samuel, right, she had to give him back to the Lord for, for service to the Lord. And upon that exchange, when, 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 when Hannah gave Samuel back, Remember, she burst into, into prayer, and it sounded something like this, 1 Samuel 2.1. It says, and Hannah prayed and said, my heart exalts in the Lord. My horn is exalted in the Lord. My mouth derides my enemies because I rejoice in your salvation. This is a very similar sounding prayer, right? They both, they both exalt God. They both lift Him high, Right? They both rejoice in their salvation. It's amazing. But Mary says something a little bit different. Mary says, my soul magnifies the Lord. So what does that mean? Mary can't make God any bigger, right? That can't happen. We think of a magnifying glass when you think of magnify. Like, we're going to make that appear bigger. But that's not, that's not what she's talking about. She progressively, you can see in the story, God becomes bigger to her, right? From, you, can, you can tell that she was raised 
to love the Lord. You can tell she loved the Lord from a, from a very early age. And then the angel Gabriel visits her. And God gets a little bit bigger, right? And then, and then this confirmation with Elizabeth. And God gets huge. So you can see God is just getting bigger and bigger and bigger to Mary to where she explodes and worships Him. Think about it, Christians, in the room. As you have walked with the Lord and, gone, and gotten closer and closer and closer to Him, your view of Him gets bigger and bigger and bigger to where it's like a telescope looking into the, into the, into the space. Space is huge, but the telescope makes it look bigger. And as we walk closer and closer with the Lord, He gets bigger and bigger and bigger. It's not that He's bigger. Our view of Him is bigger, and he's, it's clearer. Our view of Him is clearer the more and more we walk with Him. He's magnificent. I was, I was just struck by this, honestly. We had an ultrasound a couple of weeks ago for our child coming, our sixth kid. And I've, been to, I've probably been to 40 ultrasounds. You know, we have so many children. <clears throat> but this one was different. It's been about five years since I've seen one. And I, as we're just looking at the screen, and you see this baby, you know, and just, you feel so small. Like, I have nothing to do. I have very little to do with what God's doing in my wife's womb. Very little, if not anything. And it just reminded me, I just felt so small. And God felt so big that I just worshiped in the room. I magnified the Lord. Maybe it's because I was studying this and just prepping for this, but I just said, God, you be glorified. Unbelievable. I'm so small and you're so big. And I just shouted out. I said, praise God, praise God. And the ultrasound tech probably thought I was crazy. And, and, and I said, praise God. And when that day comes, when this baby, this new baby comes, I'm not going to pat myself on the back. I'm not going to say, good job, Dad. You've completed the circle of life. I'm not going to say that. I'm going to look up, and I'm going to say, Father, you did it again. You did it again. Praise you, God. I magnify you. You did it. I didn't do anything. I'll give him the credit because he's deserving of it. And here's the thing, by nature, see, see that's the thing. Our na by nature, we want to magnify ourselves, right? Isn't that what happened in the garden? They wanted to be like God. They wanted to magnify themselves instead of magnifying the Lord who created them and gave them a perfect place. We want to magnify ourselves. It's about us. It's about what will make us happy. But the truth is we can't find true joy or contentment outside of a relationship with Jesus. There's no way. Everything else fails. There's no shot. Look what Mary says next. Verse 47. Verse 47 says, And my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. Her spirit rejoices. When we look inside of Mary's heart, we see God's right in the middle of it. He's right in the center of it. It's only with Him in the center that we can find true joy and true contentment. There is a God-sized hole in every man's heart. I know y'all have heard that a lot, but it is so true. And we try to fill it with things that will never fill it. It'll always leave us empty. Fortune, fame, material goods, we try to fill it. And it will always leave us empty. 
It's only in knowing Him that we can truly rejoice. So Mary models this. Mary modeled this for us, that we can rejoice. Notice how she says, my Savior, in verse 47. God, my Savior. Mary has a personal relationship with the Lord. She acknowledges God as rescuer. Mary was a sinner who needed a Savior, just like us. And this Savior brought her great joy. She needed a Savior and a deliverer. And if you think about it, she was in a circumstance, wasn't she? She was in quite a circumstance. She was betrothed to Joseph. She would be pregnant. That's a predicament. What would Joseph think when his soon-to-be bride showed up pregnant? Right? I wouldn't be rejoicing if I had to explain that. But we find Mary. We find her rejoicing because she knew, Mary knew that God's plan was perfect. That's why she could rejoice, no matter what the circumstance was. She knew that her, His plan is, is absolutely perfect. And there's a whole other facet, there's a whole other facet of this, and that's our truth number four. Uh, truth number four is worship is embracing humility. Worship is embracing humility. Look at verse 48. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on all generations will call me blessed. This is a reiteration of Psalm 138.6, where it says, For though the Lord is high, he regards the lowly, but the haughty he knows from afar. Mary had a high view of God. And when we have a high view of God, we can see an accurate view of ourselves. But it's got to be in that order. It's high view of God, low view of self. When we look to God as high, we can see who we really are. And we can see our sinful state. And then we magnify Him. Mary understood herself. She knew that God had looked upon her. God had, we found out last week that God had favored her, right? She was favored. God poured her grace, His grace on Mary. Mary knew she was receiving something that she absolutely did not deserve, unmerited, un, undeserved favor from the Lord, grace. She knows the Lord has regard for the lowly. Look at verse 49. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. Mary expressed such, such humility. Mary knew her place, and it was lowly. The Lord has a heart for the lowly. We can spend hours upon hours and look at chapters upon chapters and verses upon verses of Scripture where God extends mercy to the humble. I mean, you just look at all the Bible characters, and you see that God chooses the lowly, doesn't He? He chooses the lowly to carry out His plans. Not only man, He chooses the lowest of men. Moses, right? Speech impediment. David, just a shepherd boy. Peter, a fisherman. Mary here, we know that she was unknown from an unknown town called Nazareth a lowly person. Why? Because he gets the credit. Because he deserves the credit. So he chooses the lowly. That way he gets it. No one can boast in anything but God alone. Mary was the same way. Mary knew she had been shown incredible grace. Mary was incredibly blessed, it says. Look what she says. All generations, she said it, all generations will call me blessed. Surely she would be called blessed. After all, they had been waiting so long for the coming Messiah. To be chosen as the mother of promise would have come with a very special role. We must be careful, though, in this. Not to elevate and put Mary on a pedestal, 
The word blessed does not mean sinless. It's actually the same word blessed we see Jesus use in the Sermon on the Mount when He says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. It simply means happy and joyful in the grace God has given. Mary is definitely special and should be honored. But here's the thing. We live in a world that loves heroes. We love heroes. We love a hero story. When people do extraordinary things, we elevate them. We love to give them credit where it's due. But I think you would agree. Mary, in her own words, she knows there's a hero to the story. And the hero is not herself. The hero is the Lord, the Lord God Almighty, her Savior, her Deliverer, her Rescuer. She magnifies the name of the Lord. That's her hero, her God, who she knew personally. Mary knows God, and she was fulfilled in Him. And this is the beautiful part. This is, this is, this is where it all comes together. Truth number five, worship is knowing and enjoying God. Worship is knowing and enjoying God. God, in His perfect plan, makes Himself known to us so that we'll respond and by repenting and believing on Jesus' name, and we can know Him. Becoming a Christian, is not, it's not just about a get-out-of-hell-free get card. It's not, it's, not, it's not it. That's great. The greatest part about being a Christian is you get God. The indwelling of the Holy Spirit, you walk with Him daily. We get to know the living God. It's an absolute miracle that the God of the universe, who created everything, wants us to know Him. He wants us to know Him. And if we can gather anything from Mary's song, we can see that she knows her God. The very deepest part of her, her soul magnifies Him. Just walk, let's walk through this together and just listen to the attributes. Listen to God's attributes. Verse 47, my Savior. Verse 49, He is mighty. Again in 49, holy is His name. Verse 50, His mercy Verse 51, his power. Verse 52, justifier. Verse 53, provider. Verse 54 and 55, he is the promise keeper. We can literally have a sermon on every one of those verses. Mary also knows that God is an active God in his creation. He is active, and his plan is perfect. God did not just create everything and start a clock and turn His back on His creation and said, y'all figure it out. He didn't. He's with us. He's here. He knows. And He wants to be known. Look how many times the word He has is stated. Circle them, underline them, highlight them. You're going to need to be reminded of these things one day. Verse 48, he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. Verse 49, he has done great things for me. Verse 51, he has shown strength with his arm. Verse 52, he has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. Verse 53, he has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away. Verse 54, he has helped his servant Israel in the remembrance of his mercy. Verse 55, he's spoken to our fathers. Does this sound like a God who is not active in his creation? No, he is very, very active, even to the most minute detail. We serve a big God who is active. Psalm 135, 6 through 7 says this, Whatever the Lord pleases, He does in heaven and on earth, in the seas and all the deeps. He it is who makes the clouds rise at the end of the earth, 
who makes light lightnings for the rain and brings forth the wind from his storehouses. He is ruling on his throne right now. He upholds the universe by the power of his word. God is accomplishing his perfect plans as we sit here together in this room. Mary knew the plans that God had for her. She also knew God's ultimate plan, that he would establish his kingdom, and that kingdom will never end. It will last forever. There will be a day where God flips this place upside down. He will flip it. And everything that we thought was great here will be very low in heaven, in his kingdom. Look at verse 51. Listen to how the opposites, listen to the parallelism. He scattered the proud in their thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with the goods and the rich he has sent away. Man's kingdom is the opposite of God's kingdom. The last will be first and the first will be last in the kingdom of God. She also knew God was a promise keeper. He keeps his promises. Verse 54, he has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. Verse 55, he has spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring. Mary is speaking of a, of a future, of a future promise fulfilled. We read it a little bit earlier, but I'm going to read it again. Isaiah 6, I mean Isaiah 9, 6 through 7. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the increase of his government and of the peace there will be no end on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and uphold it with the justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. There's coming a day when Jesus is coming back. He's coming again. Everything in this room will rot, wither, and rust. Man's kingdom will end, but God's kingdom will last forever. No more sickness, no more pain, no more sin, no more sorrow. And we will be with Jesus forever and ever. Mary put her hope in this. Mary modeled this for us. And this is our hope. This is our hope as well. So what do we, what do we, what do, we do with this song? What, what can we take away? Three, three quick takeaways. <clears throat> Takeaway number one, respond to Jesus. Number one, If you're not a Christian in this room, you're here for a reason. God's calling you to respond for the first time. We have all sinned against a holy God. We deserve death and punishment. But Jesus didn't leave us there. He made a way. Sending His Son, whom we just talked about. Sending His Son to die on a cross for your sin. He took your place. And placing faith in Him and asking for forgiveness should be the the response. Jesus brings us out of the darkness and puts us into the light. He takes us from nothing and gives us a seat at the table. That's our response. You can know God. You can know God like Mary just described, every attribute of him. For the Christian in the room, the Christian walk is a walk of responding, responding to the call of the Lord. It doesn't end. It's a daily responding. It's a a daily repenting and believing. It's the daily, nevertheless, Lord, not thy will, but Not my will, but your will be done. Mary modeled for us responding and obedience. How are you responding? 
How are you responding to Jesus? Maybe he's calling you to join a church. Maybe he's calling you to disciple one of the teenagers. Maybe he's calling you to be baptized. Maybe he's calling you to just get out of your comfort zone. Respond to the Lord's call. Number two is humble yourselves. Takeaway number two, humble, humble yourselves. Mary modeled for us humility, high view of God, and low view of self. We can't see God when we're standing in the way. When we see how big, he, and, when we see how big and holy He is, we can see how small and sinful we are. John the Baptist said it, said it best in John chapter 3, verse 30. He said, He must increase, but I must decrease. Brothers and sisters, we have the greatest example of humility in the world, in the person of Jesus Christ, who left the comforts of heaven to come down to a broken place to suffer and die so that we could have life. He came to serve and not to be served. Yet we think we deserve special treatment. One theologian says it like this, we rob men of a greater vision of God because we will not give them a lower vision of themselves. If we are to be the people of God, we must humble ourselves. God gives grace to the humble. Takeaway number three, commit your life to the study of the Scriptures. The Christian life is, is, is becoming a student of the Word. We believe that God, the God of the universe, speaks to us through the Word, through His Word. We believe that every word in this book is true. We believe that every word is spiritual food. We ingest spiritual calories every time we open it and spend time with it. At St. Rose Community Church, we don't really care about the color of the carpet. We don't care about the color of the walls. The most important thing is the Word of God. We hold it high. Nothing else matters. A new, a new speaker system, the state-of-the-art speaker system can't stop us from sinning. It can't. Only transformed hearts by the Word of God will keep us from sinning. The Word of God is power. Week in and week out, our pastors, so thankful for our pastors. They preach it. It's so rare these days. They're committed to it. They're committed to the Word. And they equip us. Mary modeled being a student of the Scriptures. The amount of Scripture that this little teenage girl had memorized was breathtaking. I mean, she didn't have a Bible. She didn't have an iPad. She didn't have the Internet. But yet, she knew a lot of Scripture. Scripture memorization was a real thing in her household. And I think there's two unsung heroes of the story that, that aren't mentioned at all. And I'm speculating, but I, I believe that this is true. I believe that there's two, those two unsung heroes are her parents. I think Mary's household was a household where the Scriptures were held high. I think that Mary's parents took, took very seriously Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9, where it says this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise. You shall bind them as, as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and your gates. Let this be our charge, parents. 
let this be our charge in, at St. Rose Community Church, that we'll have households like this, that we will teach our children, that we'll become students of the Word, and they will see it. They will see my parents as students. Man, my parents, they just studied the Word, and then they, it overflowed into my life. And they, t- they taught me, they sat with me. Teach them. Teach them. Even when you're exhausted, read with them. They'll remind you. They sure will remind you. Let them see you make mistakes. Let them see you ask for forgiveness. Let them see you repent and believe again and again. What a blessing. What a blessing it was. And I'll be forever grateful to have grown up in a household with two students of the Word, my mother and my father. They lived the gospel in front of me, and they made mistakes, and they asked for forgiveness. But I watched. I watched. I was watching. God used them in a mighty way. And he's still using them in a mighty way today. All praise and glory be to Christ our King. Let's pray. Lord, we magnify you. We exalt you. You are King. We are so small. And you are so big. I do pray for the parents here in this room, the ones that are dedicating their children. Father, I pray for these children. I pray the blood of Jesus over their heads. Father, I pray that you would draw them close, draw them near. Use this church, use their parents, use other Christians in their life so that these kids will come to know you. Father, we're thankful for this message. I pray for response. I pray that we will respond like Mary with obedience and and worship. We are undeserving of your mercy and grace, Father, but you bestow it in an incredible way. You use man. You use us as part of your plan. You allow us to work to accomplish your will. So just help us this week. Help us today follow you closer as you grow bigger and bigger and bigger in our lives. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.